Welcome to the Money is Emotional podcast with Christine Lukin, the Financial Dignity Coach. In this podcast, we help you recover a positive and peaceful relationship with your personal finances. We do this by bringing together wise money management with emotional intelligence. Join us for this journey where we navigate our relationship with money as Christine Lucan draws from years of experience and guest experts to help you get to the root of your money issues. Hello and welcome to Money is Emotional with your host, Christine Lucan. Christine, how are you? I am good. How are you? I am fantastic. It is a great day. I'm excited to be back with you. And we're talking about the boss. We are. And not Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I forgot about that nickname for him. Man, that's a long time ago. It is a long time ago. We're All right. So what age. boss are we talking about? Yeah, we, we won't discuss that on the podcast. Well, today we're talking about managing money like mm -hmm. a boss in your business. So this episode is for the entrepreneurs, the business owners, those people who own a law practice or a medical practice. If you have your own business, we are talking to you today. And, you know, for some business owners and entrepreneurs, managing money is like their least favorite part mm -hmm. of the business. However, if any of us wants to achieve lasting success in business, we have to manage our money like a boss. And so people are like, well, you know, what does that mean? <laughs> I'd like to say money is either your best employee in your business or it's going to be your worst nightmare. Hmm. So, you know, I've been self-employed for a long time and many of the business owners, you know, it, it may be a long time since you've reported to a boss, but I want you to think back to the last boss that you had. So my last boss, his name was Scott. And just imagine if you went into your boss's office after lunch, because miracle of miracles, you were caught up on everything that you needed to do. So you walk <laughs> into your boss's office and you say, hey, boss, I'm all caught up on my projects. What would you like me to do? Well, it would be really weird if your boss hid under his or her desk yeah, or just ignored you and you sat there in comfortable silence like for a few minutes and then at some point just wandered off. I was going to say that's, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm just like, <laughs> okay, um, talk to good talk, bud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess I'll spend my last four hours, uh, you know, Playing around on Instagram or Facebook, yeah. right? Shooting rubber bands at coworkers, yeah. Yeah, you know, catching up on uh, my Netflix series or whatever. <laughs> right? Like, that would be very weird. However, there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are ignoring their finances. Mm -hmm. They're hiding from their finances. Like, it is at the very bottom of their to-do list. But just like any good employee, your money wants to be properly managed. And if you ignore it, it will wander off and find somebody else 
that will manage it wisely. Typically, if people are struggling in their business, even if they're bringing in a high income, it's usually because they don't have a good handle on their business finances. And so just like when we talk about our personal finances, our money wants to be respected. It wants us to spend time with it, good quality time with it. And it means directing our money and giving it marching orders as you would an employee. So ignoring it or hiding from it, that is not going to work. So I'd just love for the entrepreneurs to reflect on this question. How are you treating your employee money in your business? Yeah. Are you neglecting? <laughs> are you neglecting poor money? Right? Yeah. Um, I'm not saying you need to micromanage, but if you think about when you've had a good boss, you know, for me, when I've had a good boss, this means they talk to me, they don't ignore me, they give me direction. No, they don't micromanage me, but if I if I need them, they're there for me. They talk positively to me and about me, and there's usually some sort of like development plan. Like, here's the things that we're going to accomplish together over the next year to develop you in your career and in your position. So we really need to get this mind shift first if we are an entrepreneur, if we're a business owner, that it is ultimately our responsibility to manage our money in our business like a boss. Okay. So right off the bat, you got me feeling not guilty, but and it's not shame either, but I just, I'm like, okay, that resonated with me hundred percent. When yeah. I started my company, that was the last thing I wanted to deal with. Mm -hmm. You know, money comes in, it sits there. I pay certain bills. And, and I had them all set up on automatic. So again, just kind of ignoring it. But I was mm -hmm. so busy with everything else. I had to build my own website. I had to you know, uh, get my email lists together. I had to reach out and make my contacts. I mean, there's just so much to do for the business owner, especially if you're a solo, uh, which I was at the time. Yeah, It's tough, right? I mean, it's, it's tough and, and you just, there's nothing else I want to do with that money because number one, I don't want to spend it if I don't have to now. You know, all those things, setting up your phone systems, everything that you do is going to take a little bit of money. But it was yes. like, I would, it's like I'd go into the money's cubicle, if that's what we want to call it, money's cubicle and say, <laughs> Hey, I'm going to need you to go ahead and sign up that web address. It's 15 bucks a month. Just, just, just go, 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 go. Right. And then I walk away. And that's the last time I talk to it until I, Hey, the phone bill needs to be paid. Come on, let's go, let's go. <laughs> and that's it. And, but everything else was on its own. So that totally yeah. resonated with me. Yes. Yeah. Well, I love that visual of having money sitting. It's, it's cubicle back in the corner. <laughs> and they're so excited to see you too. When you walk up, they're like, oh boy, hey, the boss is here. You're like, shh, shh, shh keep it down. We just need to pay a quick bill and then you can go back to whatever you're doing. Go back to Netflix. Oh gosh. I'm having like flashbacks to the movie office space. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad flashback. I like that. We, we won't go, I love that movie, but we won't go there. <laughs> we'll yeah, get way too far podcast. off track. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so... What what do we need to do to actually shift into, quote unquote, boss mode for our business finances? The first part is actually cultivating that money boss mindset. And so we've talked about the importance of having 
a healthy money mindset. And we really dove deep into that. Um, I believe it was in episode two where we talked about why money is so emotional and some of the mm-hmm. brain science behind that. And it's just as important for your business finances as it is for your personal finances. You know, we had talked about the money blueprint and those things that are in your unconscious mind relative to money. And it was very interesting because, you know, for me, I didn't have a lot of negative baggage around personal finances. Where I found the negative baggage came up for me was more in the business finances because, you know, I was used to like, you have to work hard, right? It was like, I had this, this message from my well-meaning parents that, you know, in order to make money, you have to work hard. And I know they were trying to teach me to not be lazy. However, I found that that really was a hangup for me in my business because I was actually kind of pushing aside potential money-making opportunities because it was like almost like they seemed too good to be true. Like I had been conditioned, like if this doesn't take a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. then it's almost like you don't deserve that money because you haven't really earned it. <laughs> right. Mm. So, and I would find myself like doing things the hard way in my business and reinventing the wheel and not taking advantage of like legitimate shortcuts or ways to make things easier on myself because I had attached like hard work and time to money mm-hmm. instead of the value that the customer or the client is receiving. Yeah. And so that was, that was my personal like defect in my money blueprint that I needed to fix in order for my business to really take off and flourish. Now, for some people, it might be something completely different. It might be that they just have this mindset of, well, I'm not good at math, so I must not be good with money, right? Like accounting is too hard for me because it's math. And so it's it's very personal, you know, what those particular hangups are. But it might be interesting for people to go back and listen to episode two, where we really talk about the money blueprint and think of it not from the personal finance perspective, but from the business finance perspective. And kind of think about what are those different things for them personally that, you know, they may have a negative story around that that's making it harder for them to make money in their business, to manage money in their business, you know, to control their spending (laughs) in their business. Whatever the case may be, we have to look at those things so they're not tripping us up. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So having a positive mindset about personal finance, it doesn't automatically translate to business finances. True. Yeah. Now, for some people, there may be some common threads. You know, if if you have a tendency to overspend in your personal finances, you might also find that that comes up as a pattern in your business as well. Got it. Yeah. If you can justify purchases for your personal, you're going to be able to justify purchases for business. I did that. Oh, yeah. It's all 
write-off. It happens. Yeah, it's a write-off. <laughs> oh, this is a new techie phone that can be hooked to 17 other phones. That's great. I'm the only employee. Why do I need one of those? <laughs> right? I mean, it's just, it's just like silly things like that. You're just, oh, this is top-notch. Well, you know, there's another one that could do the exact same job, but not cost that extra 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and then there's vice versa. You can have the opposite mindset where you are being super frugal to your own detriment in mm-hmm. your business. You know, True. where it's like, you really should be hiring somebody and outsourcing something, but you're too cheap to do that. So you do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So we can kind of see that going both ways. Yeah. I've seen that a lot um, in, in the businesses I've worked with in a coaching aspect. You've got the boss, um, you've got three or four employees underneath that boss, and the boss is still doing things that should be given to the other folks because the boss is the rainmaker they're the ones that have you know the 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 biggest potential to bring in funds to the company they have the relationships so on and so forth and yet they're doing tasks that could easily be offloaded to somebody else but it's a control issue excuse me yes you thank you so much for listening to the money is emotional podcast we hope you're enjoying it so far If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at www.christinelukin.com and all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, delegating is definitely a part of having that boss mindset because Mm -hmm. time is actually more precious than money. Yep. Because you can't buy more time. Unless you're delegating. That's that's the one thing that the one place where you actually can buy time. Mm-hmm. I actually call delegating buying back your time. Yeah. Because you are yep. buying hours back that can be used to create money in your business. Yeah. So sometimes it is that delegating piece as well. And that that can create, you know, that's a mindset thing. You know, when you've come from a traditional employment background where you're you know, a W-2 employee, there's definitely some shifts that you have to make in your mindset when you're the boss and everything, (laughs) you know, everything rises and falls on your shoulders. You've got to, you've got to make those mindset shifts. Now, mindset isn't the whole picture though, right? We actually have to have some money boss actions to back it up. All right, let's talk actions. Yes, let's talk actions. So the first one is getting organized. You know, getting and staying organized in your business finances, it does not have to be super complicated. But I can pretty much guarantee if your finances are a jumbled mess, whether it's digitally (laughs) or physically, that you're probably not making the money that you should be making and or that disorganization is actually costing you money oh, yeah, and easily. potentially time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give you a great example of this. Um, I have a friend who is a painting teacher and um, we were talking several years ago. It was, it was close to tax time. And she's like, I dread tax time. And she said, you know, I just, it takes me days to get everything together for my CPA. And I'm like, it takes you days. Like, Mm -hmm. you teach painting classes, like, this should not be that complicated. Well, 
her filing system was a disaster. In fact, she didn't really have a true filing system. She had a shoebox where she would dump her receipts into the shoebox on her desk. Mm-hmm. And when the shoebox got full, she would dump the shoebox into a garbage bag that she kept in her closet. <laughs> <laughs> so when tax time came, she would just like take this huge garbage bag full of receipts and dump it on her kitchen table, and it would take her three days to make sense of everything and get that information to her CPA to do her taxes. And I said, okay, I'm just going to like give you the most simple system that is going to cut your tax prep time down to like just a couple hours. And she was like, I am listening. <laughs> I said, yeah. as soon as you leave, because we were out to lunch, I said, as soon as you leave, you're going to go to Staples and you're going to buy 12 file folders. And because you're an artist, why don't you pick some pretty colors? Mm-hmm. And I said, you're just going to write the name of each month on the top of each folder. And when your bank statement comes in, put it in the folder. As you have receipts, put them in the folder for that month. And I said, you don't even have to staple the receipts to the bank statement. Yeah. <laughs> just like put them all in the folder. When I talked to her the next year, she's like, Oh my God, I cannot hmm. believe I have not done this sooner. Like, this is insane. And so sometimes it's like, we make things out to be a bigger deal than they actually are. <laughs> now, of course, you know, when you first get yourself organized, it's, it's probably going to take a little bit, but we have a tendency to just shove stuff in the closet, so to speak, whether it's digital clutter or physical clutter. And then every time we look at it, instead of dealing with it, we feel anxious about it and guilty about it. And then we just shut the door and never do anything. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) But this is all part of respecting your money as your employee, right? And being organized, this is going to reduce stress. It's going to reduce overwhelm. It's going to reduce confusion. Um, I find that people who are disorganized around their finances, have a tendency to pay things late, accidentally double pay things, lose track of who owes them money. You know, maybe they're not invoicing people on time. It is literally costing them money to be disorganized. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, setting up a simple system, both physical and digital, To keep your finances organized. And I am a huge proponent of using some sort of accounting software like QuickBooks because it does most of the work for you, right? It pulls everything in from, you know, your bank account, your credit cards, etc. You just have to make sure it's categorized properly. Like, you know, this is utilities, this is office rent, this is office supplies, etc., Yes, you got to pay a little bit of money for it, but I've seen people try to be cheap with themselves and just use spreadsheets, and the time that they're wasting is ridiculous. Yeah. Especially if they hate spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, if you, don't, if you don't like using, and I'll just say Excel as one of the brands out there, but I'm not comfortable with it. My wife loves it. She's fantastic at it, but I avoid it like the plague. And she set yeah. a couple things up for me, and then I could just use it because it's already you know, programmed or she, she knows how to write the code or whatever it is inside those, you know, inside those programs. Yeah. The formulas, I have no idea, Uh, but that's her. I mean, she's specialized in that. So yeah, yeah, it makes it really easy once it's built, but 
uh, other than that, I'm avoiding it like the plague. And and yes. I've, I've got a quick story of, of, of quick books itself. It's that avoidance thing. It's, you keep keying in on these things that I've done wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I had. In, I got in, your number today. Uh, seriously, I was like, wow, oh, man, she's been reading into my history. Um, so I had two companies actually in around 2017. I had two companies and I sold one of them or, or my part of that one. When I set up QuickBooks, I had both companies in it, but that means you, you basically have two subscriptions. Uh, I had the second subscription for that second company that I sold, I think it was around the end of 2017. Um, I didn't turn it off and I didn't, I didn't think about it, or I'm using air quotes on the podcast. <laughs> I didn't think about it because I never really looked at those things. I mean, it didn't matter to me at that point. Mm. I turned it off in 2021. <laughs> 2021, I got charged 80 bucks a month, 80 bucks a month just for that one company for what, two and a half years? Yeah. Past when I should have been, I, just, I, I saw it because I saw it coming out of the bank statement. I was like, wait a second, why am I being double charged? Just like you yeah. did. Oh, guess yeah. what? I had both of them on there. It took me another year to turn it off after I found it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, ooh, I, maybe there's paperwork I need in there. No, there wasn't. I sold it in 2017. <laughs> Why would I possibly need it in 2020? No, oh, shoot, that's four and a half years almost. Yeah, so that cost me a bunch of money for no reason. Yeah. It's just well, dumb. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people, you know, building on the organization, people think that the the practical action of staying on top of their finances has to be difficult, that they mm-hmm. have to spend you know, hours pouring over spreadsheets and they don't because technology does do much of the heavy lifting when it comes to the accounting piece of it and, and managing the money. These programs like QuickBooks and FreshBooks to me are a hundred percent worth the money because they have all these wonderful reports, you know, that you can see where all your sales are coming from. It's, you know, it makes it so easy. You know, you, you print your financial statements and if you're like, huh, why was, you know, this continuing education expense so high? You just like click on the number and then it like shows you another report with all the details that make up that number. And so it can save you so much time. And, you know, if math and accounting aren't your thing, you can hire someone to help you with your bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. They will set up your QuickBooks for you. They will help you classify things. They will deliver you your reports on a monthly basis, etc. But here's the thing. You do have to be informed enough to hold that person accountable and be able to have intelligent conversations with them. Mm -hmm. So I had a former client, this was probably a good five years ago, and we were working on his personal finances. But of course, as you can imagine, the personal finances and the business finances obviously affect each other because the business money flowing in is what we were using to create his prosperity plan for his personal finances. And he was, he said, hey, he's like, I know we're not specifically talking about business finances, but he said, I'm really confused by my QuickBooks and I'm, I'm paying this person 500 bucks a month to classify my transactions. And he's like, but I'm just not sure that things are right in there. And so I said, okay, well, you know, we can take some time during this appointment. We can pull it up and take a look at it. Well, 
this person that he was paying had not classified any transactions for seven months. Oh, jeez. He was just taking the money and doing nothing. Wow. And this attorney didn't know that the guy was doing nothing. So we do have to be educated enough on our business finances, even if we're attorneys, doctors, artists, whatever, to be able to hold our vendors accountable yeah. and know that they're actually doing a good job for us. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, I mean, I'm glad I helped him find that out, but I was just like, I was appalled. I'm like, oh my God, you've just like thrown away $3,500. Seriously. You've basically gotten nothing for it. And I'm like, I was like, you know, you need to give him like two weeks to get this straightened out. And I was like, and you're not paying him another penny until he does. Well, guess what? That guy just like disappeared. Of course. He had to pay somebody else to get it all straightened out. So it was a Man, that stinks. So the other money boss action that you need is what I call your CEO time. So you're the CEO of your business. Now, when you're working in your business, you know, I'm a financial coach. Other people might be attorneys, doctors, whatever. You know, you're practicing your profession, but part of your job is also to be the CEO of your company. And so this is a all about giving your business finances positive attention and quality time. So I conduct a monthly CEO day. Now, for me, it doesn't take the whole day. It's usually half a day. And I review my bank statements or my bank account online, my financial statements. And I also use this time to plan my upcoming projects and do my cash flow projections for my business. And by doing this, I am staying on top of my business performance because what we pay attention to, what gets measured grows, right? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. if we're paying attention to things, then we're going to see positive improvements. Now, I also conduct what I like to call a, a weekly CEO hour. Um, you know, when I used to work in HR and accounting, every Monday, we had a manager's meeting. So this is kind of like me and money having our manager's meeting. <laughs> mm, okay. So what I do is during this, you know, little CEO hour that I have uh, once a week is, you know, I file receipts, I check my business account, I classify my transactions in QuickBooks. And honestly, most of the time, it doesn't even take me the whole hour to do. So it's almost like weekly, I am spending some time on the micro level, managing things, classifying things. And then monthly, I take a step back and look at things on the macro level. You know, how are yeah. we doing for the year? What projects do we have coming up? You know, do I have some slack in my schedule and I need to start promoting that I'm going to have some open spots coming up for financial coaching? We need to be proactive about those things. So that's something I highly recommend. And sometimes it actually helps to get out of your usual environment. So I know some people yes. who will, you know, they'll go to a coffee shop and do it. Or, you know, they'll go to a hotel lobby or, you know, they'll they'll rent a conference room in a co-working space to get them 
out of the day-to-day grind where they're not going to be distracted by, oh, somebody commented on my social media. It's like, no, (laughs) this is your CEO time. If you treat this like you're the CEO of your company, then you're going to take it more seriously. Yeah. But we have to schedule it. We have to schedule time for it. And if you don't put it on your calendar, it's probably not going to happen because other people are going to schedule things over that time. Mm-hmm. Right? So let me tell you something, because that, that just triggered a memory. That's a huge part of what I would do with coaching is getting out of your own environment. And that doesn't yes. mean your home office, right? It doesn't mean your living room, because again, that's your home. And so now there's all these other distractions from your home that you, oh, I need to get to that, or I need to fold these clothes, or I need to, what, oh, shoot, I need to you know, do whatever. You need to get out of anything that's going to have any other responsibility. So one of my clients was like, I just need to you know, figure that out. And I said, well, we, we had talked before about a, a partnership that he had, or it's not a partnership, but like a referral partnership with a CPA. He was a financial advisor. And I said, he's got an office. He's got spare room because we've talked about it before. I said, how about you take your stuff over there, block off a couple hours so you have an hour to do the things that you need to do, and then you have time to meet with them and vice versa to help build each other's businesses or build those referral programs or things that they could do together. So the CPA did the same thing. He would go to the advisor's office to get out of his own workspace, spend an hour doing the stuff that he needed to do, and then they take a half an hour or maybe they eat lunch together to talk about some business opportunities. Yeah. That relationship grew. They both got out of their own way, right? Because all the distractions of the normal area, like you were just talking about. Yeah. Um, and, and it made it really, really easy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, one of the points I want to make before we close out is you know, we very frequently say this in the financial accounting world you want to keep your personal and your business finances separate. Yep. And that's true. You want to keep the accounting separate. You want to keep, you know, the money in different bank accounts, etc. But let's not kid ourselves. These things touch each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And if things aren't going well in your business finances, it can hurt your personal finances. You know, I have seen, unfortunately, I've seen people ruin their personal finances trying to bail their business out of trouble. Mm-hmm. I have also seen people make really bad decisions in their business because they're in a desperate situation in their personal finances. You know, things like taking on clients that are not ideal, taking on partners in their business that they really shouldn't be taking on, you know, because they're they're buying into the business and that's going to be a cash infusion that they know they can use to rectify something in their personal finances. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if one of those two things is not in an optimal situation, it can affect the other one in a negative manner. So it really is important for us in our business that we are managing our business finances like a boss. And no, you don't have to be a numbers nerd to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You know, having this money boss mindset and these actions and delegating where you need to delegate, it's going to help ensure that money is your best employee in your business and not your worst nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I could have used your help a long time ago. Uh, For for those that are listening that are like, I'm in that scenario now, right? Because again, a lot of 
young business owners are definitely in this this scenario yeah. um and and just folks trying to manage juggle all the things that they've got going on um mm -hmm. let's get them in contact with you Let, let's get them some resources how do they reach out to you yeah absolutely well you know what we are going to link up something very special in today's show notes because okay. um i have recently launched the manage money like a boss course and that's nice. going to give you a simple and straightforward system for managing your business finances. And when you enter the promo code podcast, you're going to get a very special discount. So if you go to my website, christinelukin.com and click on the courses, you will see it there. Uh, we're also going to have the direct link right there in the show notes for you. Perfect. Christine, thank you. This is this is great. Even though I felt a little picked on, this is a great <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I promise I wasn't picking on you. And know. you know what? I see this in so many business owners. So it's uh, it's important. I mean, we don't want people yeah. to struggle in this area. Absolutely. Again, thank you so much. And of course, our last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Money is Emotional podcast with Christine Lucan. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Christine comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask you to share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review as it actually helps others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Money is Emotional, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Money is Emotional podcast. To get in touch, visit our website at www christinelukin.com or drop us a line at hello at christinelukin.com and don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Christine Lukin. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Always seek the advice of your advisor, tax professional, or other qualified financial professional with any questions you may have regarding your personal finances.